Hey, I'm Stephen McWhorter, and you are listening to Build the Kingdom Podcast. Um, Normally, I do these, and it's just me kind of sharing something with you guys that God's been teaching me. Today, I have a guest, but more than a guest, a longtime friend, somebody that is um, toured with Iron Bell as a drummer, has done a lot of life with me, and he is now the associate pastor for a church here in Louisville, Kentucky called The Believer's Church, where my family and I attend, and we love it, and we love him. It's Jaron Hollis, and I love seeing how vulnerable this guy is, how authentic he is with his walk with the Lord, because it draws people to Jesus. And today, I've asked Jaron to come and share a story that I've heard him tell before that I know there are a lot of people that need to hear. And it's this is the question that I'm going to ask, and I'm going to let Jaron share his story. And it's, is there hope for a marriage when all seems lost? Well, first, Stephen, just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, and <laughs> I think the simple answer to that question is, yeah, when it's dark, when you feel like there's no coming back from this, mm. they said too many things. They hurt me. We've just been too cold for too long. Or the worst of all, they cheated on me. Wow. There's no way I'm coming back from that. Well, to whoever's listening, let's get to the drama real fast. Both my wife and I, we cheated on each other. Hmm. Let's fast forward. We're both pastoring a church now. (laughs) (laughs) So It's, it's almost like you're an alcoholic. You'll be perfect. Yeah, this this is great. So (laughs) let's kind of go to the beginning of my story. I'm going to talk about the uh, dreaded thing that no man wants to admit, but most of us are struggling with or have struggled with at one point in time, uh, pornography addiction. About 13 years old, I was over at a friend's house one night, and my friend said, hey, when my parents go to bed, let's get on America Online and let's 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 yeah. let's Google uh, yeah. let's let's Google some some bad stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. Mm. I'm a PK. Uh, I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, he said, you know what? You're going to see it one day anyway. And isn't that just like the enemy? Right. He said, you're going to see it one day anyway when you get married. So you might as well get ready. And I was like, oh well. well all right, peer pressure. And nothing crazy happened that night. But what happened is I went home and that moment was seared into my brain. And as I grew older, when I would get stressed out or when things weren't going right, or I was bored, uh, instead of turning to drugs or alcohol, uh, on the outside, I attempted to still look like a nice, pristine Christian boy. But when the doors were closed and nobody else was around, this is who I had become. Right. Somebody I, that thought, I'm in control of this. But the truth is, is it was in control of me. And I carried it into my marriage with my wife. And I hid it for about a year from my wife. And I told her. And she was surprisingly supportive. And she was like, hey, you know, let's get through this together and stop this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to happen. I kept lying. Right. I kept hiding it. And this thing that I thought I was in control of, that I thought, well, being married to somebody, that's going to erase it. Mm. I realized at that point, I didn't have control of it. It had control of me. Because I was neglecting my wife, ultimately, uh, we started to grow apart. And all it took was one guy on the wrong day giving her affection. After a while, I felt like something was wrong. I pressured her, and she admitted it. And I thought, well... 
I'm going to do the Jesus thing and I'm going to forgive her. I didn't actually forgive her. I got bitter and angry, uh, full of resentment. Right. And I started verbally abusing her. And the truth is, is I wanted out of the relationship. I want to speak to somebody that might be bound by something right now. Uh, If you're struggling with an addiction and you know that it's got a hold of you, just realize (laughs) that thing that has a hold of you and you say, well, it's got a hold of me, but I've I've really got control of it. I'll never go there. I'll never do that. I'll never try this drug or I'll never drink that much alcohol or I'll never do this because I watched pornography. I told myself, well, I'll never cheat. I got lonely enough and my heart became dark enough. Right. I started talking to all sorts of women randomly online. I was so bitter. I didn't care if I got caught. And the funny thing that was happening is that my wife, she was getting closer to Jesus <laughs> while I was attacking her and just saying, why don't you just leave me? How many more women do you need to catch me talking to before you'll just give up? She refused to. She just kept telling me, I'm just going to keep loving you. I'll just keep apologizing as long as I have to. <laughs> we, we went to a marriage conference at my church. During during, yeah, all, during this. all of this, oh during gosh. all this, I didn't want to go. Sure. Um, and there was a couple that meant well that was up on this panel, and and somebody had asked, you know, well, what happens? I didn't ask this. My wife didn't ask this, but somebody did. What happens if your spouse cheats on you? And these people who had a very successful marriage and they have a lot of wisdom said, um, "I go ahead and pack up and leave." <laughs> go ahead and pack up and leave. So I'm like, "Yeah, honey, you see, oh, yeah. this, this is this is over. This isn't happening." Wow. Um. And I, one night I'm just walking down the sidewalk and I'm, frankly, I'm yelling at God. Right. Why would you let this happen to me? I'm a good person. I'm not hurting anybody else. Well, now I'm hurting my wife, but uh, for my whole life, I didn't hurt anybody else. I let this one thing in and my life is falling apart. I'm in a marriage that I don't want to be in. I don't want to be serving at church. I'm faking this in front of everybody. I want out. Very, very clearly he spoke to me and he said, Jaron. What is at the center of every single one of your problems? I said, well, I'm in a lot of pain. I have a wife that says she loves me, but I don't really know. I'm really angry. I don't want to be living this two-faced life. No, no, no. What's at the center of every one of your problems? And ultimately, I discovered I was at the center of every one of my problems. Right. Well, Jaron, what does that mean? When I examined my life, and all of the reasons that I was in pain, even though I had been hurt, yeah. I realized something, that I was at the center of my life. Everything I pursued professionally and personally, I was at the center. Mm. My happiness, my joy, my contentment. Yeah. And God basically spoke to me and he said, hey, I know you've grown up in church. I need you to go read the Bible <laughs> and see what it says about how to live life. And ultimately, I landed in this place to where I was reading the scripture that said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then it went from that to Jesus said, you've heard it said before, right? (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. But I'm telling you, love your neighbor, love the person next to you, love your wife Mm. as I have loved you. Yeah. What's crazy about that too is it says... The first commandment is this, love the Lord your God, you know, with all your heart, with all that you are. It says the second one is equally as important, <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. I would think that God would be a little higher, but he was like, no, you put these right next to each other. It's amazing to me. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing is I 
kind of, I was still angry. I was still bitter. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to put these things that you say to the test. If you live according to my word, these will be the fruit. Mm. The things that pop up in your life, love, joy, kindness, you'll be filled with my spirit. Mm. And these things will start to happen in your life. And I'm like, okay, watch this. I'm going to follow what this book says and nothing is going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. But then everything started changing. I started changing from the inside out Mm. and I started loving my wife. Mm. I started loving God. And I'm telling you, man, like the hatred, the bitterness, the anger that was inside of me, like I was like, this is never going to let go. Mm. Like it started losing its grip. Mm. I stopped watching pornography. I, I started pursuing a good godly marriage with my wife. And man, I'm telling you, anybody that knew me at that time, they were like, this guy's never coming back. Mm-hmm. He's net like he's lost it. He is, yeah. he's so angry. He's so bitter. And this is actually, Stephen, where your story and my story collide because I started saying, God, I've I've spent a lot of time serving at church and playing music. Um, whatever you want to do, at this point, my heart is soft. And I say, God, whatever you want to do, I want you to use me. Mm-hmm. I want you to use my talents. I want you to use my ability. And God started opening doors. And I said, if you want to use drums, God, to further your kingdom. Yeah. And I said, but I'm, I'm not going to pursue it. If, if you want me to use this gift, you're going to have to open the door and kick me through it. And then in walks a guy named Stephen McWhorter. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, God took me on this really awesome journey with you and a couple other guys yeah. where we got to sing uh, songs and lead worship and, awesome. and do all of this really awesome stuff. And then while we're in the process of that throughout throughout uh, those years, God starts working on me and he says, you know, I want you to turn around and go home and start discipling people in your church, which awesome. I felt wildly unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> and today you're now the associate pastor and you're such a great speaker, by the way, you're so <laughs> gifted and you have two beautiful little boys. Yeah. Um, Henry and Peter, Peter, uh, what are their ages again? Four and Peter's like 10 months old right now. <laughs> Okay. He's a brand new human. Yes, he's brand new. And and like, it's so crazy because my wife and I now, we look at these kids and we're like, oh my goodness, we're so happy to be in this marriage. We're so happy to have this these kids. We're, we're so happy to be leading this church together. We're so thankful that we went through all of that, that darkness, that grossness, uh, all of those feelings, all of that hopelessness that we went through. When people ask us now, it's like, Man, we're really sorry that you went through that. And we're like, we look at people and we're like, we're not. Because God uses this story. There are people listening that are going through similar stories. I mean, my wife and I, we've been together since we were kids, really. So dating and all 27, almost 26, 27 years is crazy to say. But we see so many people around us going through divorces and all these things. And it's like, it's so tragic. And I know it grieves the heart of God. And your story is so beautiful because God redeemed your story, yours and your wife, Haley's story. And you guys are an amazing couple now. So beautiful, your family. Thank you. Yeah. So for for the listeners, everybody that's out there right now that's listening to this, I feel like there is one component. Uh, there's one thing that you need to act out in order to experience God the way that I feel like I experienced him. And it's humility. Mm -hmm. 
here's the truth. I was so broken at one point. I just threw my hands up and said, I give up. Mm. The way that I'm going isn't working anymore. Mm. I'm willing to try your way. And when I humbled myself before God, that's when he stepped in. Because mm. somebody gets hurt and they go, I, I've earned the right yes. to act this way. Yes. And humility makes you go, no, this is hurting me. This is tearing everything down around me. Yes. Um, it's literally poison. Yeah. And your marriage. But God restored it through humility, taking him at his word. Like saying, okay, what you say, I'm just going to do. So would you do me a favor? People listening right now, listen, please. This is not the end of your marriage. This is not the end of your story. And we know there are some instances where people are being physically abused and stuff, and we're not condoning, like, just stick it out and let somebody treat you like that. <laughs> yeah, not we're at not, all. We're not saying that. But we're saying there are many marriages where that's not the scenario. It's just an inability to lay down our pride lay down our wounds, truly love each other, and go after the heart of the Father together. And so for you listening, it doesn't have to be the end. There's no. hope for your marriage. And right now, Jaron, if you would just quickly pray for people listening, maybe going through that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, you see every single marriage, every single relationship that is on the rocks, Every person that has lost hope, maybe they are trapped in unforgiveness and bitterness. Show them the grace that you showed me in my ignorance. <laughs> Wrap your loving arms around that person right now and show them that they are your child and that you care for them and that you see them where they are. Even if they don't fully believe your word yet, Give them the strength and the grace to try your promises to see if they are true because, oh God, I know. I know what they're going to find. I know the freedom. I know the deliverance. I know the joy that they can find if they will submit to your word and to your authority because your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts, your love, your compassion, all of it's greater than anything that we could ever achieve alone. So God, whoever's listening right now, take your kid by the hand and whisper to them, just follow me. Give me the next six months of your marriage, the next six months of your life. Give me all of you and see if things don't change. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, I'm Stephen McWhorter, and you've been listening to Build the Kingdom Podcast. <laughs>